Hey guys, Joe here from Beautiful Conversations. How are you? This week's beautiful conversation is perhaps not such a beautiful conversation, but it's part of my story and I'm going to um, tell it anyway. So here goes. Once upon a time, there was a young girl called Joanne. She was 19 and she was lost. She was heavily overweight and she thought that she'd met the perfect man when she met Mark in the pub. He had charisma. He seemed a nice bloke, people liked him, and she thought she was in love. Fast forward a few months, and she's moving in with him, and she found out that he'd been married before. He was a little bit older. Only like five years. And she found the um, divorce petition, I suppose you'd call it. And it mentioned abuse and both physical and mental. So, of course. She brought it up and he gave all the excuses in the world and didn't do anything and, you know, it was X, Y, Z and I believe the bullshit. And anyway, obviously I've moved in and then um, he likes to go and drink with the the man in the pub. And at that time, like, so did I. You know, I was, like I said, I was a lost, lost young girl and, you know, didn't know what I was. And, uh, you know what, I was probably angry and pissed off, probably just pissed off at myself, really, not necessarily pissed off at anything that had happened to me um you know I was in a decent job I was working in a law firm and working my way up you know like I was 19 I'd just like pretty much come out of college and you know somebody pays attention to you when you look like I looked or, you know, how I felt I looked. And so, yeah, so continued this relationship. Um, got married at 21. And my dad actually knew him. My dad was alive then. And my dad knew who he was because they went to the same pub. And so we're in the, in the back of the car on the way to church 
to get married. And my dad turns to me, bear in mind, my dad was a man of very few words. Like, you know, if, if there was something he wanted to say, he'd say, but most of the time he didn't really say anything. And um, he turned to me and he said, Joanne, you don't have to do this. And I'm like, you know, of course I do. Like, you know, I love him and all that. And he just like shrugged his shoulders as if to say, you know what, I tried. Um, he'd obviously seen things or heard things, and but didn't elaborate. Because, you know, I was on the way to church to get married and it's all paid for and done and, you know, bridesmaids are waiting and the vicar's waiting and all that. So, gets married, goes off to my honeymoon, which was my first visit to Florida and started my Disney love. And, um, yeah, it was all, you know, it was okay for a while. Look, I can't say it was perfect in the beginning. There were arguments and, you know, he would get in my face. But, you know, up until that point, that's what it was. It was in my face. And, you know, looking back now, I realised that that was part of the abuse and um, part of the psychological abuse. So I come back and... You know, I get pregnant and have my beautiful baby boy, Andrew, who's actually 30 this year. And um, that's pretty much when it all started. I remember Andrew's first Christmas. So Andrew was born in October. And the Christmas Eve, my mum and my stepdad had come to fetch us to go for Christmas. Because, you know, go to your mum's for Christmas. And he was at the pub. And so I rang and um, didn't answer. You know, this had been arranged for months. Like, it wasn't just a, oh, you know, let's just rock up and go to my mum's. It was a, a, an annual engagement and, you know, something that you did. So he eventually answered the phone and I told him my mum and Pete were waiting and he just started effing and blinding and just going off his freaking nana and of course you know I'm upset and Andrew's upset because I'm upset and you know he's a two month old baby and you know like that was probably the first that my mum saw and you know what, I think my mum probably thought I was okay because she never, she never said anything. Maybe she should. Maybe, she, maybe Pete should have decked him that day and knocked him out, you know. But they didn't. Um, and that's okay. You know, it's part of the, it's part of the journey. But, you know, like hindsight is a wonderful thing and you can say all these things and remember all these things, but you know, actually going through them is a different matter. So, um, yeah, so eventually went to my mum's and obviously he slept a lot because he was pissed apart. And 
so then it began sort of after that, you know, started with a slap to the leg. I'm not talking, you know, just a little play slap. I'm talking a slap or the arm. Do you know what? Never on my face. Never. And so, therefore, no one knew. I think I told two people in the course of 10 years. One was a work colleague who was probably going through something similar herself, but never actually said anything. Um, And another was another friend, again, who possibly could have been going through the same thing because unfortunately it was probably more common. And look, it still is. It's not, I'm not saying it's not more common, but I think it's more common now for people to speak up and say, what the fuck do you think you're doing, you know? So, um, for 10 years, I was abused, both physically and mentally. Like I said, never on my face and never anywhere that anybody could see it. And the excuse, as it were, was you shouldn't wind me up. You shouldn't, you know, stop me from going to the pub or you shouldn't question me or, you know. Now, I'm a strong fucking woman and I like to think that nowadays I wouldn't put up with any of that shit. He would have got kicked in the balls and sent fucking packing. But you got to remember I was 19 when it first started and I wasn't the person that I am now. I wasn't this strong, independent woman. So eventually, um, I found out that um, he'd met someone else. Um, And I think the reason, not the reason, but, you know, like one of the reasons is... I found out that I had high cholesterol in my family. So I started um, exercising and going to a swimming club. It was called Slimming World. I actually ended up being a consultant for them for a couple of years too. Um, So, you know, if you're in Australia, it's a bit cross between Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig. And um, so I started losing weight, started exercising start to feel good and he went off with um, somebody older and you know what somebody bigger so obviously there was that control thing going off but (laughs) the kicker she fought back which I found out later you know apparently they had a fight in front of my son may I add and she knocked him out in a caravan, which, you know, it's quite funny now, but probably wasn't for Andrew, who was probably only like six or seven at the time. And so, you know, like he's grown up with, with that. Um, 
until, well, I split up with Mark when he was five. And, um, you know, then he saw him with the lady that he left. They left, well, I kicked him out, actually. That was, so, sorry, coming back to the story. I found out that he was seeing this woman called Gail. And that was my out. Because until that time, it was like, how the freaking hell am I going to get out of this? I've got a baby. You know, I've got a little toddler. And um, yes, I've got a job, but we've got the house. And, you know, you've got all the stuff. And I didn't really want to go back to my mum's. But I could have done. Like, you know, it wasn't like I couldn't. And so I kicked him out. Like, you know, I kicked him out and yes, it was our house. And, you know, that was another battle. But in the end, I kicked him out. Um, I actually went on holidays with him because it was booked probably about three months later. And, you know, we sort of tried to get back together and, you know, I, I just couldn't do it. Like, I think... You know, going through all that, and then you've actually come out the other side. And you know what? So many women do go back, and I get it. I I totally get it because it's comfort, and you know, you think that he loves you, and you think that he's sorry, and in actual fact, he's a fucking narcissist, and doesn't care about anybody but himself. Um, you know, he obviously didn't care enough that Andrew was seeing all this shit and that what he was doing to me and our relationship and, you know, the fact that he was telling me that nobody would love me, nobody would be my friend. No, you know, my friends weren't real. And you know what? I believed him. I really did believe him because... If somebody told you something often enough, then you believe it, hey. So, there I am. Andrew's five. So here's the, here's the plot twist. Because he was so controlling and I worked in town, we needed money. So there were loans. And guess what? All the loans were in my name. So, yeah, I ended up taking £13,000 worth of debt, which is probably about 25 grand dollars in my name, going to my mum and my stepdad in, you know, floods of tears and telling her that, you know, he'd been abusing me for 10 years, that he'd left for somebody else. But the hardest thing for me to tell my mum was that I was in so much debt because, you know, like I knew that when my mum met my stepdad, when she was with my dad, that they didn't have a lot of money and my mum and stepdad had worked hard They'd worked hard to get where they were. And that sucked. It really fucking sucked. But, you know what? They lent me the money. And I managed to get a place for me and Andrew. And it wasn't great. I mean, he had mould in his bedroom. and But it was ours. And I paid for it. And then, you know, like... 
I met a couple of people and they were okay. And then I went to a nightclub one night. And it was my friend's birthday. I was sober because I wasn't drinking at the time because I was, you know, still on my health kick. And I met this amazing man. That was 22 years ago. And that amazing man is my husband now. And he is the most beautiful soul that you could ever meet. And if you've met Paul, you'll understand. He treats me like a princess. He questions me. He challenges my thoughts. But he's never once hurt me. Never once has he raised a finger or even his voice. I mean, yeah, we have disagreements every now and again, but they are few and far between. But he's not. Like, he never, ever gets angry. Never. He is just so gentle and, you know, the universe obviously gave me exactly what I needed because, you know, here I am, 52, a very, very different person to the one I was at 19 or even 29 that's when I met Paul when I was 29 um, literally just before my 30th birthday um, he was 25 um, so he's 5 years younger than me <laughs> um, I'm not crying anymore <laughs> um, and so, you know what, it took me a long time, probably 10 years of my relationship with Paul, to get to the point where I could forgive Mark for what he'd done. I, um, I went to a kinesiologist and she helped me to realise that I needed to forgive, but it wasn't necessarily forgiveness of Mark it was forgiveness of me and of myself for allowing that to happen for allowing that mental and physical abuse for allowing myself to be put through that for 10 years and you know what I could go up to him in the street now and tell him I forgive him but I couldn't at that point it was too much and um it was, that's okay. It's okay that I couldn't do that then, but I could now. Um, I could also kick him in the bollocks. <laughs> but that's not going to achieve anything. <laughs> um, so I think my message today is, you know, beautiful things can come out of horrendous things. And I've chatted to a couple of people in the last couple of days that have inspired me to share this part of my journey. And I'm grateful to them. And, you know, if you're listening, you know who you are. And so don't give up. Don't despair. 
And you know what? If you see somebody or you suspect that somebody is going through that, please speak up. Because probably people saw things in me but never said anything. And people probably saw bruises that were there but I thought weren't there. And they never said anything. So if you do suspect something or you see something, please help and please speak up. There's so much more that we can do these days for DV. And there are so many amazing, amazing places that support both men and women who are going through this. So if you've listened and I struck a chord and you're going through somebody, please, please speak to somebody. If you know somebody, please help them. And if I've inspired you to take action, then I'm grateful and I love you. And here's your permission slip to get the fuck out. Because you can. You can get out. And you can have an amazing life and an amazing relationship with a great person. Because they are out there. Earth angels are there. They're, they're there to help us. And they're, here, they're there to help us to heal. And to help us to be the women that we're supposed to be. So, until next time, please think about subscribing. Leave a comment. And if you want to chat to me further... You can find me on Instagram at Live Virtually or Facebook at Live Virtually Joe Draper. I'll chat to you soon. Love you.